Welcome to A Savored Life, a podcast with musings on intuitive writing and creative living. Join me, Sumaya Usmani, as we learn to trust our intuition to achieve creative fulfillment. This is A Savored Life. so many people who tell me, I want to write a book. I want to become an author. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, wow, you're an author. That's amazing. And I guess I take it for granted that I got here. But the truth is, so many people have a dream to write a book, even if it is just one book in their lifetime. I think it's the dream and the legacy of leaving a book that is so magical. It's like a leaving a part of yourself before we leave this planet. So has it been your dream to have a published book? And do you find that before you even begin, you lose interest or focus or feel like you don't have the time? It's a combination of imposter syndrome, self-doubt and the lack of accountability and focus. Sometimes all these reasons can stop us from getting ahead. I think it's this combination of fear and overwhelm and letting life come in the way of our dreams that stops us. So today's question is, how do you begin the path to becoming an author? And I've tried to break down from my own experience the steps you should take to make that happen. And the truth is, I can only give you my 10 steps to becoming an author. The hard work is yours. But these are based on my experiences and, you know, they'll work differently for everybody. But what I do believe is with time, consistency and accepting the challenges ahead, knowing that this journey is not for the faint of heart, but it is for those of you who truly want that dream and that legacy to be in this world in physical form. So take these steps and take these tips from me and use them the way you want. Now they can apply to traditional publishing. Now I'm traditionally published, so I'm giving this to you from my experience of traditional publishing, but can also apply for those of you who want to self-publish because ultimately the hard work has to be done, whether it's being published by a publishing house or being published by yourself. So let's begin. The first step to becoming an author, I would say, is a really simple one that, you know, is quite obvious, and that is to read every single day and every single book of the sort that you'd like to write. So what I mean is books from the genre that you'd love to read, write about. Is it magical realism with a touch of history? Is it crime fiction? Is it memoir? Whatever the genre that you aspire to write in, read everything, absorb every book. Good or bad, all these books will teach you so much more. It will open the world of the different voices of storytelling and allow you to find yours. So don't let those books intimidate you. Let them be an educational experience of what's out there, how you can do it better, where the gap is in the market, and what is it that every author brings to the page and what is it that you would bring to the page. Now, I also really suggest reading a lot of nonfiction and other genres that you enjoy as well, but really good to explore and research your own genre. The next step, I would say, is to start to learn and embrace the art of storytelling. 
Now, storytelling is as old as man. It, you know, is verbal storytelling, visual storytelling, verbal storytelling as words. But looking at this approach from different perspectives and angles is what opens your mind to become a storyteller. Go out there and watch storytelling that's acted out. Watch, go and absorb art where there's a sense of storytelling. What I'm suggesting is open your mind to not just one singular way of storytelling, but a multitude of ways. Because what I believe is that this really opens and feeds your mind with fertilizer. I really believe that approaching it from these different angles opens your mind up like a fer- like putting fertilizer into the brain of a writer and giving you different ways of how stories are told and absorbed. The next step, I would say, is to take this quite seriously, and that is to write every single day even if it is just a line or two a day. Now, I know that it's really intimidating when you think about, you know, sitting to write every day. You you kind of put this onerous thing on yourself saying, I'm going to write 500 words every day. And when you don't do it, you feel really bad. And what happens then is you don't actually do anything because you haven't done the 500 words that you promised yourself. So why don't you just begin with a promise of turning up on the page every day and writing just even a line. Sometimes I look at my journal and I have nothing to say, so I will just write four lines. And if I have something to say, I'll write four pages. But I don't put myself into any kind of pressure to write. But the fact is, the only pressure I give myself is that I will write a single line every day. I really think that one of the ways to get yourself to write is to wake up every single morning and do what is called the morning pages. And I've spoken about this in my podcast many times. It's about getting up, writing two to three pages of conscious writing. Don't read anything you've written. Just literally put down whatever's fresh in your brain at the time. The fact is our minds are so absorbed in in, in a dreamlike state when we wake up the first thing that you don't have time to think about anything. And it's quite a magical time for your creative mind and putting it down right there, whatever it is, may never be used, may never be read again, but it's about that act of writing. It's about that consistency of writing. Other ways that I really suggest to try just to make yourself write with a little bit more accountability is to use timers. Give yourself a word count if that works for you. That sometimes really helps me focus and do that little bit of writing and then walk away and not come back to it. One of the things that I recently read about Hemingway was that he would get up really early in the morning, about 5.30, and write from 6 to 10, take a break, and then write from 10.30 to about 1, and then he wouldn't write for the rest of the day. And I think that's a really great way of thinking about it. You don't have to write all the time. It's just about focusing on writing at a certain time and then walking away after you've done it. The next step is to really organize your writing. Now, something I'm really bad at is organizing things. And so I started to use different software. There's a lot of writing software. Um, Scrivener is really great for authors who are writing books because it's a software that is expensive, but it does really help to organize a book and put it into chapters and you can mind map things in it. And you can really start to organize your writing. Also, keep all your journals that you write in and 
any pieces of paper and scrap, file them, put them in a folder, because trust me, they will become your friend one day when you write a book. So try to keep everything. Don't ever throw any writing away, because there is sometimes magic in those words that come to you. And organizing them and keeping them safely somewhere that you can tap into them is really important. So do organize your writing. My next step is to do creative writing classes. Now, this is something that I really believe has helped my writing, doing online courses, in-person courses, also joining a writer's membership or a writing group. Now, this is one of the reasons why I started my writing membership, Kissa, because I wanted other writers and authors to have a space where they could turn up and practice their writing. Because accountability is one great friend of the aspiring author. Because if you can have a consistent goal that is focused on and you have someone to be accountable to, you will turn up and do the work. Doing creative writing classes really does help in opening up your mind to more practical ways of writing. It exercises the brain to think outside the box. And sometimes when you're writing on your own, you don't always practice those things until you actually do a class that makes you think of different ways to think. And within those classes, you meet other authors, other writers, and you learn from them. And that's why I recommend joining a group or a membership, because you will meet other writers who look at things in different ways, and that will begin to make your brain work differently and think like an aspiring author. The next step is to give yourself deadlines with your writing. Now, I hate deadlines, okay? So I don't do very well with deadlines, but I do know that I work well with deadlines. And so when I do give myself a deadline, I hold myself accountable. I would, I know that I'm going to feel terrible if I don't do it. And that sense of accountability does play into the urgency. And even if you don't have a book deal yet, if you give yourself a deadline, okay, you have five months and you're going to write the first draft of this book in five months and you make, you get, a, you know, make it all exciting, go outside, get a beautiful diary just for your writing calendar um, and use that to map out things that you want to do through the rest of the month so that you can achieve your goals. Find accountability partners. That really, really helps. So if you can work with somebody, whether it's dub body doubling with an online, body, you know, workspace, like a co-workspace where other people are doing, you know, similar things, give yourself accountability partners. That's why I've introduced um, accountability partners in my membership called Pen Friends. And here I, you know, I sort of pair people up that I think have similar energy and goals so they can be accountable to each other. The next one is to begin to outline, mind map and plan your writing and your potential book. And, you know, you can do this on paper, you can do this online. But if you create many different outlines and plans and mind maps of your book, of the chapters in it, of what you hope to write in it, it really helps to gather and organize your ideas and thoughts, not just organize your pieces of writing, but actually organize the thoughts and ideas for your book. 
Now, when you do this, again, I would highly recommend keeping all those pieces of paper because I go back and look at some of my mind maps from when I started to write my memoir. And honestly, I cannot believe some of the ideas I had. I actually didn't write some of those things and I knew that they could be future books. So it's amazing how different books can come out of some mind map ideas that you don't actually use in that potential book. So don't throw anything away, but do start to organize and plan your book because that gives you the ability to create those deadlines that I spoke about and organize your your diary into tasks to achieve what you want within the book. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to move on to the next one is just begin writing. You know, a lot of people have these lofty ideas of what they want their book to look like, what they want it to read like, and then they never begin. And I was guilty of this. I mean, I just would not write because I was just paralyzed by the fact that it was going to be terrible and I didn't know how to begin the book. So the truth here is that if you don't want to write from beginning of the book, from the beginning of the book itself, begin from the middle, begin from the end, begin from anywhere you want. Make a chapter list of ideas of what you want to put in your book. And you may not actually be able to begin with chapter one. You could probably begin with chapter six. But if you do that, what happens is you start And when you start, the flow begins. In fact, when I look back at my memoir, what is chapter seven used to be chapter two. And I totally changed it. But it's because I decided a different storyline later. But if you begin to write, you begin to write. And that is the first step. The next one is to truly embrace the idea of the shitty first draft, which you'll see written about and you know spoken about a lot. And that is just write without editing, without going back and having this need to read, because honestly, that stops the flow and it stops the words from flowing. Write everything, literally every single thing that you want to write in your book, and then organize it later. This is a shitty first draft, and it is one to be embraced because it is liberating and it will get words on paper. And finally, my last step is to embrace that writing a book is part creative and part hard work. And there is no way of getting away from these two facts. Because as much as you might be a creative person, the creativity doesn't always strike. Inspiration doesn't always strike. But hard work is up to you. One of my favorite authors, um, Annie Lamont, said, butt in chair, start each day anywhere. Let yourself do it badly. Just take one passage at a time. So what I'd like to invite you to do is to embrace this process and just begin today. See, the only time that is real is the present. And if you don't, if you leave your dreams for another day, they'll be gone. They'll be somebody else's. Writing is a beautiful craft. And One of the reasons why I named this podcast The Craft was because I really think that it is a beautiful craft. It's crafting words. And I began my journey from writing about food and memories and belonging. And it's led me to write two wonderful cookbooks, yes, on Pakistani cuisine. But then I wrote my food memoir and it opened up my love and my heart to narrative writing. And It's led me to doing my Masters of Letters and Creative Writing this September. So I'm going back to university at 50. And, you know, it's not something I would have imagined. 
So one thing I will leave you with is I recently read a book by the legendary record producer Rick Rubin, and the book is called The Creative Act, A Way of Being. And he says something that I think you should really embrace here and giving you a reason why you need to begin this book now. And he says, if you have an idea that you're excited about and you don't bring it to life, it's not uncommon for the idea to find its voice through another maker. This isn't because the other artist stole your idea, but it's because the idea's time has come. So what are you waiting for? Bring your book to life and give your writing a voice in the universe. Thank you for listening to A Saved Life with me, Sumaya. If you'd love to learn more about me, my website is sumayaosmani.com. And check out Kissa, my writing membership, where you can find flow and flourish as a writer. With a thriving community of inspiring writers, monthly writing hours, nurturing and nourishing chapters each month to help you grow and find your true potential as a writer. Doors to Kissa open four times a year, so do join the waitlist. The link is in the notes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sumayosmani and send me a message if you enjoyed this podcast. So until next time, live a slower life, live a savored life.